This is the Blaze and Access Podcast. Disability news and perspective for Wednesday, November 29th. I'm Blaze Bryant. In February of 2021, the fair pay for home care fight was just beginning. To talk more about it, I assembled a team of people with disabilities who rely on home care. Joining me is Jensen Caraballo from the Rochester area, Jose Hernandez, who is the president of the United Spinal Association Chapter of New York City. We have Julia Yepes Macbeth and Kendra Scalia, who is the board president for the Consumer Directed Personal Assistance Association of New York State. All five of us here are people with disabilities who use long-term care services, and we'll jump right into our panel discussion as we're talking about the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign. Jensen, why is this so important to you, uh, and why are you so passionate about it? Um, this is very important to me, you know, because uh, um, I actually, you know, I, I know a lot of you guys don't know my story, but I um, I used to live in a nursing home when I was 15 years old. And, um, you know, I really, it, it took some years for me to, to actually transition out of the nursing home and uh, advocate for myself and, you know, kind of um, learn the ropes of uh, living in the community. Um, so now, you know, I now live in my own apartment. I use uh, um, long-term services and supports to live in my own apartment. And I, um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very important to me that I have my AIDS because, um, um, you know, I will not be able to, to live in my own apartment if, if I didn't have my AIDS. Um, actually, I, you know, I would be back in the nursing home. Um, sure. Yeah. And I, Jensen, I can't wait to hear more about your story as we, uh, go along as we move Further along the alphabet, uh, Jose, the same question to you. Well, I've been injured for 25 years. And in that time, I've had one person from the city come to my house and say they would prefer to put me in a nursing home than pay for two 24-hour split shift care. And that's the type of mindset that it's starting again. You know, at one point, my aides were making $10, 10 something an hour. Um, when the minimum wage was seven twenty-five or so, and here we are in 2021, and now the minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour, which is great. But you know, you can go flip a burger for fifteen dollars an hour and not have to worry about you know actually taking care of someone and you know their household and everything that comes with that. Not only that, but all the personal care. So it makes a lot of sense that. If you want to keep people in the community, you pay for our home care at a rate that it makes it worthwhile to them. And it's not only just about that. It's just a, a one-bedroom apartment in New York City, in the Bronx, I'm sorry. A one-bedroom apartment in the Bronx starts at $1,400. And oh, my. That doesn't leave a lot of room at $15 an hour. No, that's for sure. And we'll uh, thank you for that. We'll We'll get back to you. Kendra, while you are unmuted, I will ask you the same question here, and then we'll get back to Julia as uh, we work out the technical problems here. Kendra, why is the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign so important to you? 
Fair pay for home care is really important to me as a CDPA consumer employer. I have struggled for years to fill all of the shifts that I have available. Um, I, I find quality candidates um, who go through the interview process with me and I want to hire them, uh, but they always ask the same question at the end of an interview. How much does this job pay? And I have uh, the unfortunate position of telling them that it's a minimum wage job at just $12.50 an hour. Um, and they all decline uh, the job position. They all withdraw their, their applications. But more than that, I think that the fair pay for home care campaign is so crucial right now because of what we're seeing happening uh, in nursing homes. You know, the COVID pandemic has brought to light what the disability community has always known, what we have been shouting from the rooftops for years, that nursing homes are dangerous places for disabled people and seniors to live in. Um, you know, and, and thirdly, this is really important to me because uh, that national home care worker shortage is going to hit New York the hardest. We're seeing statistics of a shortage of 83,000 positions by 2025. That's oh 83,000 consumers who need home care providers in their home, but we simply don't have the workers to work these jobs. And the reason for that crisis is directly related to the low wages. So having a minimum wage at 150% of the regional minimum wage would mean that home care jobs never become minimum wage jobs again. Absolutely. And to kind of put some numbers to that, say the highest regional minimum wage were 15 an hour, it would be 22.50 an hour as we now have Julia unmuted. Uh, do you need me to repeat the question or do you, or do you have it? Uh, well, if you can repeat it, I appreciate it. Certainly. How or why are you so important or why are you so passionate about the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign? Well, um, I happen to have a 24-hour assistant. So uh, it's what they call a living. And the person works 24 hours uh, every day. The, uh, the pay that they get is what they call the shift, but they're actually working 24. Whether they sleep and eat, they're still in the house. And um, they only are allowed to pay them 13 of the 24 hours, which is insane. And I, I uh, no matter how I try to make sense of it, it doesn't. Uh, I'm always looking for people. I never have anyone that's extra just in case uh, someone uh, gets sick or has a, an emergency. Um, it, it, it's, it's become almost uh, like an obsession for to see this, uh, these PCAs get, and, uh, you know, get more money. This is very hard work. And while they're here for those 24 hours, they really cannot be free to go any place. They have to stay here. If you are having a person stay in one place for 24 hours because it's the job, then they deserve to be paid for 24 hours. And this is why I, I'm hoping, and I will try to do the best I can uh, to get that pay increase for uh, these people. Uh, I know that... Uh, if I didn't have anyone during the quarantine, 
and they were here constantly, uh, whether they came by by cab or they came, they took car service. And this is another thing that they, uh, if by any chance they, something happens uh, with a bus or there's a quarantine again, or, or some emergency happens in New York City, they take a cab to the job, which costs a lot of money. That comes out of their pocket, really, because the uh, the agencies do not give uh, an incentive for when they have to be at a job at a certain time. Sure. So, you know, it, it's really very hard, very hard. Absolutely. We'll circle back with you in a few minutes. Joining me, Blaze Bryant, on our Fair Pay for Home Care campaign panel are Jensen Caraballo from the Rochester area, Jose Hernandez, the president of the United Spital Chapter New York City, Kendra Scalia, board president of the Consumer Director Personal Assistance Association of New York State, and Julia Yepes Macbeth, who is a consumer, as all of us are here. Everyone has a what I like to call a CDPA story. And Jensen, I'm going to come back to you with this one. You talked about at the beginning of this uh, panel how you were in a nursing home and now you're in your own apartment. Talk about the quality of life increase and how you are now thriving being out of the nursing home and into your own apartment. Thank you. Um, you know, it's a, it's a world of difference, um, living in a a nursing home versus living in your own home. Um, I have so much freedoms now. I can literally, uh, control how I, how I live my life. Um, you know, and I'm so grateful for that, but I think what's frustrating about all this is, you know, just remembering, the days that I was in a nursing home and, and knowing that there are still people still there um, and, and you know, struggling to get out. And, and you know, it's like Kendra was saying, we, we've been talking about this. The community has been talking about this issue for years before the pandemic. And here we are in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important that that, you know, like, our people are dying in these places. And, um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't be that way. We can um, we can raise wages for our hard workers so that we can live in, the, in our own homes, so that we can have, I have a job now. I, you know, I just want to answer the question that you asked me. I have a job now. I have traveled um, all over the place. And I've done so many things since I lived in the community, um, things that I would not have been able to do living in a nursing home. You know, I have, um, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but. Uh, you you did. Thank you very much. Uh, Jose, I'm going to go over to you. Uh, the pandemic has certainly been extremely challenging in terms of uh, recruiting personal assistance, and I know um, you have more than all of us really had to deal with, uh, deal with these challenges because of a very unfortunate event that you have uh, had to share on various panels and 
the like. Uh, if you feel comfortable talking about that, uh, that experience and how you have had to deal and overcome that. Yeah, absolutely. So at the, be- the height of the pandemic, in the beginning, my PA who worked with me for over 12 years um, got sick and he knows how difficult it is to recruit new individuals or people just to, uh, as a backup that he says, you know, I'm not feeling well, but I'll come in on Monday if you need me to. So I couldn't take that chance. And I was like, you know something? When you feel better, you come back. And um, unfortunately, two weeks after that conversation, he passed away. And the scramble began. You know, not only is it difficult because of uh, the requirements, you know, you have to get a 40-page a 40-page application that no one was uh, sending to you, or you have to wait in the mail for it to be mailed to you because a lot of people don't have printers. You have to do a medical at the height of pandemic where you don't know where to go. And you have to recruit someone and let them know that, yeah, you're going to risk your life day in and day out to come into my house to take care of me and clean my body and, you know, my home for $15 an hour. So I don't understand how and why it should be that difficult. Why shouldn't they get paid, you know, a decent living wage for what they do? You know, it's so personal, the job. You're in someone's house. You're cleaning up their apartment. You're cleaning up their bodies. And you're getting $15 an hour. And at the height of the pandemic, they should have been classified as essential workers and they never were. It it's just such a shame. It it really is. And Jose, I really appreciate you having the comfort to share such an incredibly tragic story. Uh let's see. Julia, I'm going to circle back with you here as we only have a few minutes left to talk about you which you did a little bit about uh your aides only getting paid 13 hours for a 24 hour shift and the transportation that they have to utilize that of course the wages don't keep up with the cost of a New York city cab. What was your life like before you started utilizing consumer directed personal assistance? Before I was with the consumer directed program, which allows the consumer, the patient, if you want to call it the patient or the, the, uh, me, uh, we, uh, we are allowed through that program to hire, uh, to secure a person that we either know or someone that we feel that is uh, competent and, uh, we work with the hours and, um, we also train the person specifically for our uh, type of disability, what to do. And that person becomes actually your lifeline because uh, that person is the one who, who gets you ready to face the world every day. And so uh, before then, I was pretty much at home uh, because the regular agencies that do not have the, the CD pad program they send people, either different people every day. Uh, they 
they're not really there for the consumer. Um, the consumer has no say. So therefore, at that at that time, I found myself that I didn't have an independent lifestyle uh, that I could go to meetings, that I could pursue my advocacy. There was nothing that I could do. So I had to wait and be someone else's puppet. Uh, mm. Where with the consumer directed program, I have the freedom to use my hours as I see fit for my advocacy, and so therefore it's uh, it, we get into that rhythm of where uh, my PCA knows where I'm going, what I'm, I'm doing. She helps me with everything that I have in my uh, that that I uh, can share in my home. And uh, also, it's, a, it's the same person, a person whom I, whom I get to know, a person who um, it becomes somewhat like a sister, you know, um, and uh, it's, a, it's a person that you get to trust, where with anything else besides that program, the CDPAP program, uh, you'll need a stranger every day. You don't know who they are. Absolutely. Uh, the, the clock is, and I are not good friends here. We're... Pretty close to time here. Kendra, you've been kind of spearheading a lot of this organizing and really are the conduit as to why we're all together here. Jensen Caraballo, Jose Hernandez, Julia Yepes, Macbeth, Kendra Scalia, and me, Blaze Bryant. Kendra, talk very quickly about how people can get involved in the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign. Absolutely. So the Fair Pay for Home Care campaign uh, really grew out of uh, people with disabilities, seniors, home care providers, and family caregivers coming together with various different uh, disability organizations, associations, as well as some traditional home care agencies and fiscal intermediaries through CDPA uh, to address this issue. And we're all coming together under um, the, the banner of the New York Caring Majority. Um, and so you can get involved by following the hashtag fair pay for home care. Um, that's for the number four. So uh, hashtag fair pay, the number four home care on Twitter and get involved in those conversations. We have a petition available. Um, if you find New York Caring Majority on Facebook, you'll be able to see our petition. We're asking folks to share that and sign it. Um, share it with all of your networks, as many folks as you can. Uh, and we really need people to contact their state legislators. Let them know that this is an important bill to you and that you need them to vote yes and get this part of um, our budget process. Uh, that bill was just recently introduced. Um, it is being sponsored by Assemblymember Gottfried and Senator Rachel May. Um, and we're just so excited because they're really great advocates for us uh, on our state level. Um, but we do need everyone's support who's listening today to contact your local legislature and let them know that uh, fair pay for home care is necessary and that you need this um, for your community. Absolutely. Out of time, Jensen Caraballo, Jose Hernandez, Julia Yepes, Macbeth, and Kendra Scalia. I can't thank all of you enough for being so giving of your time and joining me here on the Blazing Access Show. Thank you so much. I would love to know what you think. Blazinchose at gmail.com. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N-Chose at gmail.com. 
Subscribe to the Blaze and Access podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow the show on social media, Facebook and Twitter at Blaze and Shows. If you have a minute or two, I'd be grateful if you left a review. Tune in for another blast from the past next time here on the Blaze and Access podcast, amplifying the disability voice one story at a time. Have a great day.